Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church and ministries, please visit our website at www.metroumcindianhead.com. Until next time, peace and blessings. Just to revisit the last part of the scripture. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came and fell on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on even the Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one, no one can stand in the way No one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received, they have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. And today I want to share with you the title of the message, Membership Privilege. Membership privilege. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, we bless you, we thank you, we worship you today. Dear Father, we thank you for all that has gone on today. The fellowship, the singing, the rapping, Lord. We give it all back to you in your glory and in your honor. And Father, I ask now that you would empower the Holy Spirit in this place. Speak to me and speak through me. And we pray that we would receive your message and not only would would we be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. It is in Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, if you catch First Lady after church in the parking lot, she would tell you that I have gained a love for shopping on Amazon. (laughs) It was about a year ago and... Now, now, you know, because when men shop, you know, what do we do, man? We go in the store, get what we want, and leave. Ladies like to browse. We understand. Well, I'm just going to check, you know. But, and, and that's why I love Amazon. I go up there, I search, click, put in the, in the cart, and it shows up at the front door for first lady to have to go, ding dong, ding dong. She said, what did you send to the house today? But I love, love Amazon. But then a year ago, I learned about Amazon Prime. Oh, my goodness. Amazon Prime for one fee. Free shipping. Because I went back and I added up all my shipping fees. I said, well, the stuff that I bought January, February last year, that's all. I can just pay that for it. So now... I joined Amazon Prime, but little did I know there was other stuff that came along with Amazon Prime. You got Amazon movies. You got Amazon books. And and then they bug you every day. Lord have mercy. The emails fill up. They try to sell you stuff, but that's, we can talk about that another time. But the Amazon membership entitled me to certain privileges. All I had to do was pay a price. That's all I had to do. Give them my money, 
and I become a member of Amazon Prime. So then I went to go talk to my daughter. I talked to my kids on chat, the little group chat, and I said, hey, I joined Amazon Prime. Free shipping. And so when I talked to her, to her the day after, she said, Daddy, I got Amazon Prime for free when I was in school. <laughs> I was bothered by that. Why does she get to have, and her friends, oh, she, Kayla got it, the Kia got it, and she just started naming all these people that got it, but I had to pay. But they got it for free. I was bothered by that. I was bothered that they were able to get the same benefits, the same free shipping, the same free movies for free. But I had to pay a price. I was bothered by that. People will say that being a child of God is like Amazon Prime. I was the one that walked down the aisle. I'm the one that's part of the ministry. I'm the one that's paying my dues. I'm the one that's paying my tithes. Why should anybody that's not a part of the church be able to receive God's blessings? They haven't paid anything. They haven't gone to a choir rehearsal. They haven't gone to a church council meeting. They haven't stood here at the church to open the doors and let anybody in or fix a chiller. Why should they be entitled to the same types of privileges that I have when they have done nothing? Just because we are serving in God's kingdom doesn't mean that God can't bless anybody else. Just because we have been faithful just because we have stood the watch, just because we have paid our money does not exempt the rest of the world from receiving God's spirit. Amen. See, we like to coin up these phrases. Not what to just check. You know, we, we, like, we like to have this Christian pride where you know I am blessed and highly favored. Yeah. I'm blessed. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's nothing. But, but the thing that we, and I had, I had to dig into this. Blessed and highly favored doesn't mean that you're highly favored above others. It doesn't mean that because that's what some people think. It means that I am favored above others. It means that you have the favor from on high. You have the favor from God. So when you say blessed and highly favored again, realize it doesn't put you above others. It means that your help cometh from the Lord. That's what it means to be blessed and highly favored. The other one we like to say, favor ain't fair. Well, you know favor ain't fair. When we say that, that implies that you're special. You're special in that God has separated you and given you favor. Favor ain't fair means that God blessed you in spite of who you are. It doesn't mean that you earned it. It means that you didn't deserve it, but God gave it to you anyway. That's what favor ain't fair means. So our blessings do not belong just to our close circle. Our blessings don't belong, just belong to metropolitan.
And so when I began to think about my Amazon blessing, and I realized that there was nothing that I did. There was nothing that I did to receive the Amazon blessing. Well, Reverend, you did pay that yearly fee. But it was Jeff Bezos that set up Amazon. Jeff Bezos and his investors, they're the ones that set up Amazon. I just did a little teeny bit by paying a yearly fee. Just like our salvation. You walked down the aisle. You paid your little tithe. But it was Jesus that set up your salvation. It was Jesus that paid the price. You just did a small part. God is trying to redeem himself to all of mankind. God is trying to expose himself. God is calling all of his children back to him. And Jesus has paid his price, paid the price for our redemption. So this is the situation in the book of Acts. The Jews were, the the Jews that were in this story were Jews that had recently converted to Christianity. The book of Acts is the story of the early church. So these people had experienced Jesus. Either they had experienced Jesus or they had friends or family that walked with Jesus and touched with Jesus. So they felt a special closeness. They felt like they were in the membership. They felt like they were entitled. And when they went to the preaching and church event, there were people from the outside. The Gentiles were there. The Gentiles were the unchurched. The Gentiles were the people that were not part of the temple. The Gentiles were the people that were the outcasts, the drug dealers, the prostitutes, the ones that didn't want to have anything to do with church. And then when they saw the spirit falling on the drug dealers and the Gentiles, they became upset. God, why are they praising God? Why are they speaking in tongues? Why are they getting blessed? I'm the one that shows up at church every day. Why, why, why are you blessing them? These were the Jews. These, these were the people that were circumcised or set apart. These were the people that felt they had privilege. These were the people, these were the people that were involved in ministry. How do we reach those that are outside the walls of the church? Well, we have to be receptive to the fact that God wants to bless all people. God wants to bless all. And sometimes your blessing might be outside the walls of the church, and we're looking for it inside the church. We must involve all people, all people, all people, Reach out to all people, black, white, poor, Hispanic, Republican, Democrat. They said it last Sunday. Yes, keep praying for your president. Everyone, God's spirit can fall down on everyone. Somebody said that, well, once President Obama got in office, we stopped praying. Are you praying now? Are you praying there? We should have an awareness for those that are not in the building. 
So I want to share three things with you. First of all, God's spirit calls us to believe in the outpouring. Be aware of the outpouring. Be aware of the outpouring, the outpouring of God's spirit. Second, the devil wants us to block others. He wants us to block others from coming to Christ. They talked about it in the scripture. And finally, Jesus calls us to baptism. Jesus calls us to baptism. To revisit verse 45, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished. They were shocked. Astonished means what? (laughs) That the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out, listen to this, on even the Gentiles. They were astonished to the point of being offended. You ever have somebody in your life, you're doing stuff, you walk in the straight path, and they're doing everything under the sun, and then they get the promotion. (laughs) Oh, God can't bless them. Maybe God's trying to work with them. Some people have to be blessed in order for them to see God. Maybe it takes a blessing to bring people to God. If we look at Joel, the second chapter, this is is key. Joel, the second chapter, 28th verse says this. And in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on some people. Wait a minute, let me try it again. In this last days, I will pour out my spirit on those that go to church. Wait a minute, let me try that again. I'm trying to get this right. Y'all work with me. Work with me. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on metropolitan church. Oh, no, let me try it one more time. I'm going to get it right this time. And in this last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. God, when he pours out his spirit, he's going to pour it out on the earth. We have to be ready to receive not only the spirit, but we have to be ready to receive the people that have been blessed and gifted to serve in the church and open our doors and open our hearts and open our minds to receive them in the body of Christ so that they can be used. The idea is not that they get blessed and stay outside the walls. The idea is that they stay blessed and we bring them in fellowship, but the problem is that we run them away. We run them away. Recognize and believe in the outpouring. So when God begins to pour out his spirit, we want to call it something different. We like to call it inspiration. Oh, look at that inspiration. We see a beautiful artwork. Oh, look at that inspiration. That's God's spirit pouring out. We hear a beautiful rap. We say, oh, listen to the inspiration. But it was God's spirit that magnified that in you. We hear a beautiful song. And we say, oh, that brother can write a song. But that brother couldn't write the song without the pouring out of God's spirit. Recognize God's spirit. Now, when I was at Wesley... My preaching teachers told me that there's always going to be somebody in the congregation that's going to be a fact checker. Okay? All right. So, okay. See, okay. So this next part is for all of our fact checkers so I can check this off on my list. Okay? All right. So we've all heard about the Industrial Revolution. 
Everybody's familiar with that, okay? We've heard about that. When you look on Wikipedia or in the, in the encyclopedia, it says that this was a time in our country where man was inspired to do great things and we came up with different inventions and, and man flourished. Blah, blah, blah. But they will tell you about the Industrial Revolution, but no one will talk about the Great Awakening. Fact checkers, you ready? 1720 to 1900 was the period approximately of the Industrial Revolution. But the Industrial Revolution would not have started without the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening, okay, Reverend, what's the Great Awakening? The Great Awakening was the time in our country where they began to preach and teach and move the Spirit of God throughout the country. The Great Awakening was the birth of the United Methodist Church and Church of God in Christ and the Pentecostal Church. It was this time that God's Spirit began to pour out on our country. And you know, when you take a big glass of water and you start to pour, you can't control where that water's going to go. It's going to splash all over the place. You're going to have to move out the way because there's water all over the place. God began to pour out His Spirit on our country, and they called it the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> the Industrial Revolution came about because of God's pouring out of his spirit, opening minds, sending us inventions, sending us things to make, and we had the nerve enough. The devil got in there and says, no, it's not a great awakening. When we put it in the textbooks, we're going to call it the Industrial Revolution. Okay, fact checkers, there you go. You can look that up later. The point is, our blessings come from God. And when he pours out, when he begins to pour, they go from heart to heart, and they go from breast to breast. And they're not limited to the walls of the church. They're going to go everywhere, and God's going to bless you. He's going to bless that person in your house that doesn't want to go to church, and he's blessing them so that you can evangelize him or her. The pouring is not just to keep them outside the walls. He blesses them so that you can evangelize them and bring them in the walls of the church. I remember when I was in the Coast Guard, we used to first got there, and so a group of the brothers, please pay attention, Brothers would get together because they wanted to play football, okay? And so, uh, so we out there, we playing tackle football. We weren't supposed to be, but Master Chief, y'all remember Master Chief? Master Chief had gone home, so we was doing, Sergeant Major wasn't there, so we was out there playing tackle football in our work uniforms, military, everybody was gone, commander was gone, so we out there playing tackle football, so we having fun, and let me say this again, it was the bros. <laughs> bros was playing. So we get a new person that shows up. Now, I wanna be, I'm going to be politically correct because y'all ain't going to talk about me talking about people. He was not a bruh. Okay? He wasn't a bruh. So his first day, he shows up, and we're out there. You know how y'all picking teams? Give me so-and-so. The bruh that was on the sideline, not a bruh, standing on the sideline. And so we begin to pick teams. He's new. His name was Turtle. Yes, Turtle. Turtle, that Turtle. That was his name. 
So we pick it. So imagine we have two. So we had Roger Bright and uh, Charles Nicholson. They were the two athletic guys. So, you know, those are the ones. You get, so they're picking people. So they're picking people and they're picking Turtle standing there in the middle. He's now the bro. Picking people. So guess who got picked last? Turtle got picked last. And so we start playing. Turtle says, I won't play wide receiver. I, Turtle was ended up on my team. And, and, and uh, Roger like, no, man, why do you want to be so-and-so playing? He said, just calm down. Let me play wide receiver. So he gets up there. He lines up. Turtle lines up. Ball is hype. Turtle, boom, gone, runs past the guy, smokes him, touchdown. Other team was hot. Man, why don't you check Turtle? He too fast. We said, oh, no, no, must, must be a fluke, right? That's what we say, must be a fluke. Get the ball again. Now we have it. The one that we didn't want, not only because how they look, but because of their name, oh, now we want them. Hike the ball again. Now Turtle on this side, boom. Out, cut across the middle, touchdown again. Oh, my goodness, they were so hot. So we smoked them that day with Turtle. We got back to our base, and we started talking to Turtle. Hey, man, where you come from? How you get so fast? Turtle began to tell his story. Turtle grew up on the farm. His dad used to make him go chase the chickens to give them their medication. <laughs> so Turtle, at a young age, was chasing chickens around the farm. Turtle got so fast. Not only was he doing that, he was doing farm work. He was preparing. God prepared him to be fast no matter what he looked like but where he came from. And he sat there and he told us, he said, look, you know, the only reason that I'm in the Coast Guard, I had a full ride to Virginia, University of Virginia, but I hurt my knee and I had to give my scholarship up. See, Turtle was out there smoking us with a bad knee. <laughs> he was smoking us. Listen, when God prepares you, when God gets you ready for life, you might get tired of chasing those chickens around the barnyard and feeding those cows, but he's prepared you to smoke the devil and run touchdowns. When you look at people, don't judge a book by this cover because you don't know where they came from. You don't know what they've done. There's some turtles in this room. There's some turtles in this room that, God, that people have written you off, and they don't know what you can do. They don't know the price that you pay. So as God calls us to believe in the outpouring, the devil wants us to block people from coming to God. Verse 47, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So after they have received the Holy Spirit, people started, well, 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 we know that they got the Holy Spirit, but I don't think we, I don't, no, no, we're not, not the baptizing. 
Why, why should we? That was the argument that was going on. Even though they had showed evidence of the Holy Spirit, the people in the church still didn't want to accept them. You ever try to prove something to somebody? Hey, I've done this. I've let my drugs go. I've gotten out of those bad relationships. I've come back to the church. Well, you know, we're not looking for nobody on this ministry now. <laughs> Who do we push away? Because of their background. Because of what they've done. God's delivered it from them, but we won't allow their past to go away. Who do we see when we look at people on the street? Let's go back out in the world. When you, when you see people, we're supposed to be evangelizing, but do we pick and choose who we evangelize to? I ain't going to say nothing to her. She look like she got an attitude. And you know good and well God told you to at least say good morning, God bless you. But we hold our lips and don't even say that. When we look at Mark 10 and 13, listen to this. It says, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. But the disciples rebuked them. The preachers rebuked them. The elders of the church rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to these. Now, people often use this scripture with, to, to, to plug into children's ministry, but it just doesn't go there. The message here is that Jesus says, don't hinder anyone from coming. It just happened to be children that said, don't hinder anyone. Let the drug addicts come to me and do not hinder them. Let the prostitutes come to me and do not hinder them. Let the gossipers come to me and do not hinder them. Let the tax evaders come to me and do not hinder them. Let those that are not serving in ministry come to me and do not hinder them. If we're not careful, if we're not care careful, Metropolitan, we can unintentionally drive people away. And I'm not saying we're doing it on purpose. That's why, that's why I want to pause here. We can unintentionally drive people away through our testimony, how we live, how we speak to them, how we don't speak to them, how we don't speak to them. Oh, we, we don't do that here. I know, I know. That's church up the street. So I want us to be really, really cognizant and aware and be aware that, that people see your love even when you don't say anything. They see your love in your body language. They see your love in how you interact with your family. People are watching you. Once you tell somebody you're a Christian, they're, 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 they're watching what you're doing. So your testimony, your testimony, your testimony can be a possible blocking or bringing someone to church, to Christ. So as our 
as the Spirit of God calls us to believe in the outpouring. And Satan wants us to block others from Christ. But Jesus calls us to baptism. Verse 48. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So when, when, we, when we think about baptizing, we think about solely when someone comes up and the pastor or whomever stands there and they sprinkle. We think about the water. But the water is just at the beginning. When Peter calls them to baptism, there's a process with baptism. When we say baptism, it means that we are drawing them into the church. We're accepting them to be a part of our church. That we're accepting them to be a part of Christ. Baptism, we can look at what it says in our baptism liturgy. It says, we give thanks for all that God has already given you. This is what, this is what we say. And we welcome you in Christian love. That's baptism. As members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, baptism, we renew our covenant. Every time someone gets baptized, we are to renew our covenant with each other and renew our covenant with them and renew our covenant with Christ. Baptism is not only a celebration for them, it's a celebration for us to look back and remember when we were baptized. Baptism, accepting and bringing them into the body of Christ. It also says, we renew our covenant to faithfully participate. Not only does our baptism cause us to renew our covenant, it calls us to renew our participation. Baptism is not just about that person that's coming in. It's about what we're doing in the body of Christ. Baptism is a body thing. It's a family thing. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church. By our prayers, we got to pray for them. We got to pray for each other. By our presence. Oh, please show up. Oh, please, we're, we're stronger here together. I know there's some people that work on Sundays. I know there's things yet, but when you can be here, be here. Because when we come together, we can strengthen each other. We can hold each other up. We can encourage each other. We can grab somebody the head, by the hand and tell them, you can make it in Jesus Christ. We can come here so we can receive and give encouragement. By prayers, by presence, our gifts our service, and our witness. Christ came into the world to change lives. He came to take us from lasting to everlasting, from infinity to beyond. Jesus has been revealed to you because he chose you as a witness. He chose you as a witness to witness inside the church and outside the church. The birth of Christianity marked the end of religiousness and the beginning of building a relationship. 
Jesus healed all those he came encountered with that needed healing. He didn't ask them if they were a member of the temple. He didn't ask them what church affiliation they had. He didn't ask them if they had paid their tithes. Jesus healed them. Do we want to heal all those we come in contact with? Everybody we come in contact with? Do we have a heart of ministry? But the Jews wanted Jesus dead because he flipped their religion on his head. Jesus shows up. He got rid of form and fashion and told us that we need to focus on worship. Whenever we worship, whenever we worship, things get disrupted. Things change, and the Spirit moves. Matthew 28, 19 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So Ariana's going to help me again this week. Let's give Ariana a hand. She's on slides. She helped me last week. Okay, Ariana, first slide, please. Homeless man. This is the easy one, right? Homeless man on the street. We say we're going to reach out. Now, we have all walked past homeless people in the street and not given anything. I have done that. I'm being real. What do we say? Now, let me hit the pause button. I'm not saying that you empty out your pocket to every homeless person that you see. But what I want us to focus on, what do we say to them? They need to get a job. <laughs> they need to get a job. Maybe they tried to get a job. Maybe they have a mental illness. They might be, there's a lot of disabled veterans that are out on the street that have tried to get jobs and they keep getting turned down. But this one is a kind of relatively easy person, really, to kind of deal with because we have a homeless ministry here that we do. We feed them. Okay, Ariana, next slide. We all remember this picture with Eric Garner. The police have him down. He's saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Now, some of y'all are saying, well, Reverend, are you saying I'm supposed to jump in there with the police? Struggle with the police so I can be on the ground saying, I can't breathe either. I can't breathe either. <clears throat> but I'm not showing you this picture because of Eric Garner. What about that policeman? Doesn't he need Jesus too? When we look, when we first, when I first saw that picture, I immediately had a feeling of dislike toward that policeman. Yes, they should not have done what they did. But after the dust settles, do we need a ministry that's going to minister to policemen? A, a good friend of mine, um, Reverend O'Brien, who passes the church in D.C., he tells me there's a lot of things policemen go through that we just don't realize. All the pressures, you're being shot at, you're being traced. Different things are happening. Their lives are in danger on a regular basis. 
So I am not saying that they did Eric Garner right. Please understand that. I am saying that all people, all people need ministering to. There was a, a man that was convicted. Um, he was sentenced to death row. He was going to be executed. They had said that he had spoken and tried to start his own religion. He had spoken against the church. Ariana, next slide. Convicted man on his way to death row. And he fell one time, got up on his own. Fell a second time, got up on his own. But the last time he fell, he couldn't get back up. And they left him there. One person was brave enough. One person was willing to reach out to this man on death row. In this situation, that's not your savior. This man saw a person in need. This man saw somebody that had stumbled. And he came out of the crowd, went past the Roman soldiers. His life, could, he could have lost his life for going to help Jesus. But he went to help Jesus get off the ground. Who are you willing to help get off the ground? Jesus was on his way to the cross for you and for me. And he even stumbled along the way. There are people you're going to see along the way that have stumbled. And we can't leave them on the ground. Whether they're here in the church or whether they're outside the church, if they fall, he didn't know that that was Jesus. He didn't know that that was the Savior of the world. He saw somebody that needed help getting up. Who are you helping to get up off the ground? Who have you seen that stumbled that you've walked by? There's somebody in your circle that you have left there. There's somebody at your job that you've left there on the ground. I don't know who it is, but you do. There's a relative that has hurt your family. You haven't seen them in 20 years or her. The Holy Spirit has been telling you you need to call Bobby. I ain't calling Bobby. He shouldn't have did so-and-so. You can't even remember what Bobby did. But you know Bobby stumbled. Don't leave him on the ground. Don't leave her on the ground. Let's not leave these people out in the world on the ground. Because somebody, when they picked up Jesus, and they picked him up, and he worked his way to that cross. And they laid down the cross on the ground and they, they, they put, put stakes in his hands and they put stakes in his feet. And then they hung up on the cross between two thieves and then he died for our sins. What if nobody would have helped him to that cross? And he died. And on the third day he rose with all power in his hands. Because somebody helped Jesus along the way. 
who are we going to help along the way? Are we going to believe in the outpouring of the Spirit to be aware that God can bless any and everybody? That God can use any and everybody? And can we be aware of that and evangelize them to come join this church called Metropolitan? Can we have the awareness that our walk can possibly block others if we're not careful? And can we Baptize people with our love, with our service. Baptize people by accepting them, by renewing our covenant, by continuing to be welcoming to those that want to join this body of Christ. So I encourage you, Metropolitan, to keep on keeping on. Be aware of the outpouring of God's spirit and continue to reach down and pick up that person that might need a helping hand. And the people of God said, Amen. Welcome to the Metropolitan UMC Podcast. We're located at 3385 Metropolitan Church Road in Indian Head, Maryland, and under the leadership of Reverend Daryl K. Mason Sr. And now today's podcast.